is the last week in a two-week series on stewardship and the use of our resources. And the focus of the series this year has been on putting first things first. And last week we looked at some scriptures that help us to see why it's so important to put God first in our life. And um, I sent you home with a little homework or heart work, I guess, a little list of um, areas of our life to look at and to pray about and ask God how you might put him first, more more first-ish there <laughs> in, in that area of your life. Uh, those areas were uh, your family life, your friendships, your work, your schedule, your service in the church, your service in the community, and your finances. And I invited you to just think about each of these areas and how you can make changes or shifts in uh, your life to put God first in those. And, you know, when you ask Jesus Christ into your life, you're inviting him to be Lord over every area of your life. And to be a follower of Jesus Christ is to to love him with your whole heart and to allow him to transform your life so that his goodness and his love and his life is made known to people around you as they watch your life. And that's why the church is so important. The church helps us to shape our life around God, to live a Jesus-centered and a God-first life. Um, The church also invites uh, others to experience Jesus' life and, and have that eternal life that Jesus has come for us to have. That's why Jesus created the church. And our memory verse for this series is Luke 10, 27. Uh, When Jesus was asked, what's the most important focus of our life? What's the most important commandment? What does God want from us? The answer was uh, given, and let's read this together. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay, Luke 10, 27, good. Good to know the address, isn't it? I always get the scripture memorized, and I was like, where is that again? But uh, anyway, uh, above everything else, we're supposed to love God first and best with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the commandment doesn't stop there. It goes on to add another piece. It says we're also to love our neighbor as ourselves. Love God, love others. And this is what the church does best when the church is being the church at its best. Uh, We make God's love visible. And our love for God, our love for each other, love for those who are not yet part of the church. And, you know, there's no other group or organization created that is as beautiful and as of eternal importance as the church. And you and I get to be a part of that. Uh, We get a glimpse of what that early church looked like when we read the book of Acts. And one particular passage that gives us kind of a condensed look at what the church life was like, um, just as it was being formed, is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And early in chapter 2, we read about the day of Pentecost, right? Um, Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he tells them, wait in Jerusalem. Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes, and then they're gathered together in one place, like 120 of them, 
And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes in tongues of fire, great uh, power, and this movement, this new movement, the church was born. And these followers had no idea how to get this new thing that God was calling them to off of the ground, right? They didn't have any seminary education. There was no church growth seminars to go to. They weren't qualified or certified or licensed for anything. And for sure, they had no idea that 2,000 years later, a group of people would be sitting around talking about them or how uh, devoted they were to what God called them to do. Yet, empowered by the Holy Spirit, they changed the world. And God calls us to that same kind of empowered and passionate service for his kingdom today. And we're going to walk through Acts 2, 42 through 47, and talk about some of the characteristics of the church that we see there, characteristics that transformed the world, and how we can allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and in our church uh, to make that kind of kingdom impact today. So... Let's look, uh, starting in chapter 2, verses 42 through 43. And this, as I said, was right after Pentecost. So they've gone from 120 people gathered in a room um, to Peter giving this speech and 3,000 people putting their faith in Jesus Christ. So they've got this new church full of new believers who haven't sat under Jesus' teaching. And it says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. So this group was devoted, it says, to the apostles' teaching, and they would gather together to worship and to learn from these other people who had walked with Jesus, who had been taught by Jesus. And there was this wonderful fellowship and love love among them. They enjoyed being together, and they prayed together, they ate together, and one of the first characteristics of the early church that churches today should aim for was that the church, the early church, was a captivating, transforming community marked by love for one another. There was this sweet fellowship about the church that was captivating. They enjoyed being together, but it went beyond that. Um, The early church was marked by transformed lives. As they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, lives were being transformed, and something exciting was happening among the believers that people on the outside wanted to be a part of. Uh, There were miracles happening, and they just saw the joy that these people had. And Jesus wants us to be true of his church today. And there are plenty of groups that provide fellowship, right? You can be in a soccer club. You can be in all all these other groups. But the church is meant to be a place marked by love of God and others, a place where our lives are being transformed and changed, where people find meaning and purpose for their lives right now. And, you know, that's something that's really sorely needed in America today. Uh, Several years ago, a sociologist named... Ray Oldenburg wrote about the importance of uh, in America of what he called third places. And our first place, as he defined it, is our home, where we spend time with our family and those that we live with. The second place is our workplace, where we spend a great deal of our day, right, if you're, if you're not retired. 
so that's their, the set, what he defined as the second place. But third places are those anchors in the community life where relationships can authentically take place and ideally people find meaning and purpose um, for life. And 50 or 70 years ago, the church for most people was that third place, right? Where it, the community, it was the center of community life. And it was the anchor in the community. Over time, though, the church has lost that kind of influence in culture. And those third places are now more likely to be a bar or a village restaurant, you know, go to the uh, spoon or whatever it's called, uh, Starbucks, where people gather and they interact on neutral ground. I was reading an article that said McDonald's, Mickey D's has become the community center in the poor neighborhoods and in middle-class neighborhoods. It's a place, a neutral ground, where people can meet inexpensively, right? And the retired people can go there for coffee in the morning, have some community and fellowship with others. Uh, moms can go there after a soccer game or whatever with their kids and uh, just sit down for a meal together. For others, uh, the Internet has become a third place. It's allowed people to uh, eliminate some of the barriers caused by geography. It allows people to be uh, with other people with same interests. You can be in a quilting club or a stamp collecting club with people all the way, all around the world. And that becomes people's third place. They just go into their study or their bedroom or whatever and get on the Internet, and they're in this third place. Um, with other people. And the important thing for us as a church to recognize that is that people today are more and more wanting and seeking out that third place, a place of fellowship, a place where they can develop friendships. Um, I was reading that fewer and fewer people are in, uh, feeling comfortable inviting people into their homes. Um, many people struggle to find safe, engaging inspiring places to connect for meaningful relationships. And any church that aims for and lives out their faith in the dynamic way that we see the New Testament church living and Christians in that time will have a great opportunity to become the third place in an increasing number of people's lives. And, you you know, our church has so much to offer. Um, Your friendships and the love that we experience here... um, if, as we seek to live a fully Christ-centered God-first life and make this church our first third place, <laughs> um, first in priority, then others will as well. Then the second characteristic that we can seek to embody as a church is that the, the church at that time had a compelling mission. Acts 2, uh, 44 through 46 tells us that the early followers of Jesus Christ were a dynamic community. They were connected in um, selfless and sacrificial ways. The church was uh, people that loved one another. They were encouraged and they challenged each other to follow Jesus fully. And as a result of that, we read in uh, verses 46 and 47, they shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Uh, The church was known for its joy, its great fellowship. Miracles were happening. 
And they were so intent on their mission that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to see in the church? They had this compelling mission to help others get connected to God through Jesus Christ. And today we're going to have this opportunity to fill out your estimate of giving card. This is an opportunity to put God first in your finances, but it's also a way to help provide the resources that's needed for the mission of our church. And this, there are many places that you can give money to, right? There are many places asking for your money, right? You get, get these things in the mail all the time. You get phone calls all the time. But there's no per- place like the church to invest your resources and make an eternal difference with them. And God has been at work in our church uh, in the past year in some amazing ways. We've been able to make a difference in the lives of people both in the church and in the community around us because of your generosity. We're going to watch a video right now uh, reviewing some of the ways that God has been at work in our church in the past year. So it's hopefully, if it works.
you are being salt and light. And uh, I want to thank you for all the ways that you've helped us to fulfill our mission and accomplish the work that God gave us this year. And, of course, this is only some of the things. We don't have pictures of all that this church does. Uh, and But uh, we've just done a lot, and God has been gracious to be with us in it all. You get it. And all this wonderful ministry is possible because of your generosity, your giving both of your time, your skills and abilities, and your money. And that was one of the characteristics of the early church as well. They were committed to living a life of generosity. The early church gave themselves wholeheartedly to Jesus' kingdom work, and they made great sacrifices so that others could have their physical needs met and the good news of Jesus Christ could be proclaimed to the ends of the earth. We read in Acts 2, 44 through 46, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And I love that it says each day, Uh, That helps us to see that life in Christ is not just coming to church for information on Sunday and going home no different than you came in. It's living all out, fully committed every day of your life. You know, this is an amazing church. Boris and I have been blessed to serve here. We thank you for being such great co-workers in Christ over the last seven years. I've seen you all make such great sacrifices of time and money uh, and resources so that this group of people can have the impact today that the church, early church had. And each one of these events shown in the video um, takes time. They took of your time. They took of your resources. And we just really appreciate all that, that you've done. And God's not done with this church yet. He's not done with us. 2018 is fast approaching, another year of ministry. And we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future, right? So uh, one of the opportunities that you have to make a commitment to this church is through the estimate of giving card that you find there in your bulletin. And filling this card out is a spiritual act. It's an act of faith. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how to do that, and we're going to walk through that. As you saw in the video, your giving enables this church to do great ministry that's changing lives. And so if you'll pull that card out, we're just going to walk through it in case there are people here who haven't filled one out before. If God gives you the faith to fill one out today, uh, we're just going to talk about how to, how to fill this out. So obviously at the top, you're going to put your name and your phone number, address, uh, these are all good for Anella to have, too, if she doesn't already. But and then it says, my current giving is. And last year we had people that couldn't, didn't know what their current giving was. So just give an estimate there. Um, but it helps us to uh, anticipate a cha- what kind of change we'll see in the next year. And then it's either weekly or monthly or other. So maybe you give every week. Maybe you give once, once a month. Uh, Maybe you just get a big check, some kind of check once a year, and you put 10% of that in or whatever. And then below it says, I'm trusting and honoring God as I make a giving estimate for the coming year. And I want to emphasize that this is an estimate. We understand that there are changes in our finances. Sometimes you start to make more and you want to give more, right? uh, Other times you may lose 
um, some inco income for some reason or another. And so, you know, this is an estimate. We're going to come knock on your door and say, wait a minute, you said you're going to give X number of dollars, and now you're not. But um, so then you can put there whether that's going to be weekly or monthly <laughs> or other. And then if you'd like information on how to set up online giving, there I could, there's two or three people in this church that have discovered that's a way to give consistently and, uh, and uh, helps them to, to not have to remember it, to have it in your, your checkbook, in your purse, or whatever. But anyway, if you'd like information on how to do that, uh, just check that box and we'll contact you. So um, before we fill those out, I want to say a prayer and then we'll take some time to fill that out. I'll have the ushers give you a little time to do that and then we'll receive the offering. You can just put the cards in with your morning offering, all right? So let's pray. Um, our loving God, we, we do thank you for this church. It's made an impact on our lives. It's been important to us. Um, we've enjoyed fellowship with one another. We know what it is to be loved and to love others uh, in Jesus, and we are asking God that you would help us this morning to have faith, to know what kind of steps you would have us take in our giving, to put you first, but also to, to make this third place our first place in our lives as well. We ask, God, that you would um, give us the wisdom and discernment that we need to know how to use our resources for your kingdom purposes. And we also know that your word says that you love a cheerful giver, so I pray that you'll help each of us to discern what we can give cheerfully. And I ask these things in Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory. Amen.